Hey guys, welcome to the Health Addict Show. Before we get started though, I wanna cover a couple things. This show is for entertainment purposes only, meaning I am not your doctor. So if you have questions or concerns about your own health, please ask a physician, okay? Get the right information for you. Otherwise, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Health Addict Show. Tommy J here and I got a pretty good episode for you guys today. There's been a lot happening in the news and we're going to talk a little bit about anemia, which is kind of a good thing to talk about because there's a lot of people that suffer from anemia and should they fly? So it's going to kind of bring in the physics part of it. So we'll just go right to the start here. So first things first, in Neenaw, Wisconsin, there's a company, ThetaCare, that helps a lot with um, stroke in the area. They have a lot, they have an interventional radiologist team, cardiovascular team, but they have a mass exodus of many members of their team, 11 and counting, that are leaving for a competitive hospital ascension. And Theta is trying to make a court order to temporarily hold employees from leaving the organization. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, how can a hospital make you not leave? You can't just make a court order that says employees can't leave when they're unhappy. Well, Theta Care has a different idea behind it. They're not saying that employees can't leave for a competitive organization, but they're saying that any kind of dispersion of employees at this level will cause the healthcare system to fail meaning they can't properly treat the area. Now, in their temporary injunction, it's not saying that they want these employees to stay permanently, but they'd like to at least get a hiring process started to get somebody to replace those positions. Because they do help the area. They do provide a stroke-level facility. They have traumas that do come in. They provide care for patients. And for a region, that can be very important. It can mean 20 more minutes to another facility if that's the only hospital in the area. Part of the injunction too said that Ascension purposely targeted these employees, but Ascension just said, well, they had open positions and these employees applied for them. So they didn't target anybody, but it's he said, she said, I don't think the injunction will hold because you can't really hold that amount of employees to say you have to work here because uh, every company has the opportunity to bargain with and increase wages or offer other benefits to subsequent what other facilities are offering. So for a facility to be able to withhold somebody from leaving and especially hold an injunction at a legal level, this will be interesting if it is allowed. And this is honestly sets the precipice for other facilities that are having mass exoduses for just travel positions. So it's kind of something to watch. I definitely will be watching it. We'll see if we can get some updates on it as well. And it's kind of funny that we talked about a pig heart being transplanted in Maryland. The University of Alabama in Birmingham just did their own transplant of a pig organ. This time it was the kidneys that were donated to a human. This is kind of special though, because in this human, they were brain dead. So this person wasn't going to benefit from any substantial increase in life value. And we're not trying to sound morbid about it, but this person is a very good candidate to try something like this on because being brain dead, there isn't much quality of life at this point. The person is technically legally dead. So to actually physically try the transplant was a very good idea to use. And again, just to kind of recap, these organs are genetically modified to help with the rejection process because one of the biggest fears of any organ transplant is to have rejection from the owner. 
And what these organs have been genetically modified to do is help with that process by simple metabolism, not releasing certain sugars that cause reactions to the antibodies. So these organs are genetically modified. So it's not just simply just a pig gets its kidney pulled out and dropped in a human. These are very scientifically modified. But more importantly than just the rejection process, these kidneys actually functioned. They filtered blood, they produced urine, and they're able to regulate the fluids of a person. So for the 77 hours post-transplant, the kidneys were working. So this is a huge step, again, in organ transplantation using gen genetically modified organs. So this next study was a little controversial. Even the CDC, when they posted it, said there was a lot of caveats to it because it could be actually misinterpreted because a lot of people like to cherry pick information. But I'm going to give you the big nitty gritties of it. So the Cleveland Clinic posted a study that showed 50,000 employees that had either infections or unvaccinated or vaccination statuses and their susceptibility and protection against COVID-19, especially the Omicron version that's coming through. And there was a little bit of discrepancies that were seen that was previously thought to be untrue. And the biggest one was people who've had a past COVID infection had a very good immune response and able protection against the next infection of COVID-19 and other variants. Or a better way to say it is, if you've had a past infection, you had a very good defense for against another infection and the symptoms that come with it, which was a huge shock for a lot of people. They thought, well, okay, it looked like a lot of antibodies wore off after so much time if you had an infection. So definitely get the vaccine, definitely get the booster shot. But it looks like if you've had a past infection in the recent six months, you actually had a really good defense against reinfection. Now for some, this is like, oh, I've been infected. I don't need the vaccine. No, that's not what it's saying. It's saying that you have a very good defense and you have antibodies to protect you. And again, these antibodies do wear off. There was shown that after six months, the antibodies levels in your body do wear down. So it's probably a really good idea to get a booster shot if you want to protect yourself from coronavirus. Now, if you haven't had an infection, it was definitely a better idea to get vaccinated because the worst outcomes of all patients was in the unvaccinated, uninfected population. So if you haven't had an infection, vaccine is still the best practice for defense against COVID-19. But it's looking like if you've had a past infection, you might be good for just a little bit of time. So if you've had infection, you probably could wait on getting the booster shot for at least six months. But we'll wait for more clinical data, but 50,000 people in a cohort study is actually a really good sample size. So we'll see how this data continues to progress over time. All right, enough about the news. Let's talk about anemia. So anemia is a low red blood cell count in the body. These are your oxygen transport cells that bring oxygen in when it reaches the lungs and carbon dioxide out part of respiration and getting it to the lungs. So you need these red blood cells for its carrying capacity because they have some high iron chemical compounds called hemoglobin. And these are your carriers for oxygen. They have an affinity to it. They capture it along with carbon dioxide to get it out. Now, anemia is a low red blood cell count. White blood cells is leukocytopenia. Red blood cells is anemia. And this is caused by many things. I mean, liver failure, bone marrow, problems, stem cell problems, vitamin deficiencies, iron deficiencies, immunocompromised systems, um, immunoattacking. So that's why we look at a lot of things when we try to diagnose people. We look at the symptoms and signs and we look at blood values because there's a lot of things that cause one problem. So we got to look at everything. 
But the point of this is with low red blood cell counts, should you fly on an airplane? Now, the easy answer is no, but the more complicated question is you still can. But you probably might need supplemental oxygen because with a depressurized cabin, it makes it harder for your body to get oxygen to bind with hemoglobin. And when you're already at a deficit, you need extra oxygen to be readily available for your blood cells to actually acquire it. That's why when people go elevation climbing and they're not trained for it, they'll actually start exhibiting symptoms. They'll have dizziness, lightheadedness, they'll have headaches, um, their heart might feel a little funky, they have faster, unusual heartbeats, they'll have some pain maybe, shortness of breath. So they have to be really careful. You have to train to go in these elevations because your body isn't used to it. Now, someone that lives at high altitudes, they might actually have an abundance of red blood cells. That's why some people, when they train, they'll sit in these hyperbaric chambers that actually increase the amount of red blood cells and then come back down to sea level pressures and they'll have hyperoxygenation and actually perform better. But I digress. So flying with anemia, you have to have oxygen, especially if you're at that eight grams per deciliter level lower than that for hemoglobin levels in your blood, you need oxygen to help fly. Um, especially if you've had like recent coronary problems or other heart conditions, this is super important to make sure that you oxygenate well. Now, definitely check with your doctor because some doctors don't want you to fly, especially if you have dangerously low anemia. You're really putting yourself at a risk that you might not want to put yourself at too because some airlines allow oxygen. Some allow you to bring your own. Some provide it. Some don't even want you to bring an oxygen tank on the airplane because let's face it, it's a combustible, especially since oxygen and flames, you'll have a really big flame then. So you just have to be careful. Check with your doctor. Check your levels. Make sure you're having your iron checked and make sure that you're safe while doing it. But all right, folks, that's the end of the episode for today. If you have questions or concerns about the episode, please contact me. I'm on all the social media platforms. You can even email me. But thanks for listening. Stay addicted to your health and I will see you next time.